Welcome to the Leaders Who Care, a podcast powered by Dynamis Group. We are here to give the stage and support to those committed to create a positive and lasting impact way beyond the profits and margins, the leaders of the world who care for others and serve a bigger purpose. Join us on the journey of creating a better, more caring world. And now to your host, Marian Tamalkov. Hello, dear audience. And uh, today we have a, um, a celebration. Happy Liberation Day to all Bulgarians. And uh, I'm sure many other nations are celebrating uh, similar events in their history. And um, we actually early in the studio, we, we had uh, a little chat with Christo about uh, personal liberations and personal freedom. But we had the honor to welcome uh, purposefully, we've made this podcast today on Friday. Typically, we do them on Wednesday. But as you know, we're on a mission to bring uh, together some of the most caring leaders from every corner of the world. And today, in the honor of Bulgaria, we invited Christo Popov, who is actually one of the founders and CEO of Fast Track, zero entrepreneur who's gone through a long journey, uh, founded more than 20 companies and uh, lived in many different parts of the world and visited many countries. I would love to hear from him about success, care, and uh, his own journey with uh, both what worked, what didn't. Christo, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today on this very special day. Thank you for inviting me, Marian. Great to be here. Well, um, I, when I read that one, one of your, um, in the introduction, uh, you came from the special forces into business. How did, how did that work out? Just that, you know, is it the discipline? Is it the... You know, why did you make that transition? Because you, you, you were in a very different field and you decided to move into business. And in business alone, you, you've done so many different things. Just trying to understand what, what, what inspires you to do the things you, you've done so far. And, and of course, we'd we'll, we'll love to hear about uh, the future. But just to understand your own journey. Well, Marianne, the short answer is I don't have a clue. Uh, I really don't know. I mean, I somehow ma life has some magic uh, that shows you uh, and helps you to take certain decisions. Uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, and one of the questions I've always had in my mind, and I'm trying to figure out why some people have more drive than others. Mm. Why some people are willing to push themselves more than others. Uh, why some people are trying to explore uh, more things than others. I mean, how how much is nature? How much is nurture? Uh, and I really don't know the answer. Um, I think I was privileged uh, to, to be born and raised in a completely different political environment. Uh, I mean, I spent the first half of my life under communism. Uh, and, and I'm sure you know it was a dramatically different society. Dramatically different. I mean, money as a concept didn't exist. Uh, businesses didn't exist. I, I, I didn't know what a company is. Uh, uh, so it was a different environment, and we were all preparing ourselves for this environment, for the communist environment. Uh, I know the capital by Marx and Engels by heart. Uh, uh, and all of a sudden, our world collapsed. I mean, the Berlin Wall came, and everything I studied not only became obsolete, uh, it became counterproductive. So I had no choice but to start uh, my, my life again. So it's part of the, of the reality. Uh, that is pushing us in this direction. You're like a reborn, so you have to basically, un almost like naked, start putting your, your, your dress up again, like really learn your skills. 
Yeah. We all are. We all are. And, and, and that's why, I mean, I'm extremely privileged now to travel the world, to meet with people from literally every, almost every country on the planet. Um, and I think we overestimate the origin element, uh, where we come from. Uh, I see extremely successful people from any origin, any beginning, uh, and I see extremely unsuccessful people from any origin and any, any beginning. I'm not sure that we are not overestimating the fact that, oh, you're from the Silicon Valley, or you're from Bulgaria, or you're from, from Russia. Yeah. Uh, I think each one of us has something inside us that is, is, is driving us big time. Uh, how much we can control, I don't know. There's one, one thing that has been helping me, and it's, it's curiosity. Mm. Um, I read like crazy. And every book, uh, I mean, it's like opening a new door. Uh, I mean, just imagine you read the book by Leonardo da Vinci and you see the world through the eyes of this guy. Uh, and then you read a book by Hitler and you see the world through the eyes of Hitler. So all this is opening new worlds and these new worlds give a, a huge number of opportunities and temptations. So I really think curiosity is a big part of, of this drive to go and explore new destinations and do different stuff. And also it's helping you to fight fear. Um, so I really value curiosity as a, as a personality trait. Absolutely. And uh, Christo, in, when you started in the, in the new world of business and uh, um, if you look back through your, um, through your really journey, what were the um, biggest successes you had and the biggest failures that you've learned from? I mean, over the years, I changed my definition about success and failure, mm -hmm. uh, both success and failure. Um, I think having 20 million in your bank account is not success. Uh, and I think going through two or three bankruptcies is not failure. Uh, I think it's falling in love with the journey and, and, and keep discovering different elements, including parts of yourself. Uh, it is not what we achieve. I think it is who you become achieving it. Uh, so I, I tend to shy away from the traditional definition of, of success. Absolutely. And uh, you, you spent some time um, in India. You actually lived there. Uh, in, what triggered that? How, what inspired you to go there? I felt a bit confused. Uh, I had a, my own definition of success, and at that time it was to have a lot of money and run a huge company. Uh, I ended up in Taiwan and Hong Kong, and I was running a pretty big operation by Shell. Uh, and every day I was doing that, I was more disappointed uh, by what could a big corporation do to you. Mm -hmm. I think it's very dangerous uh, because all of a sudden you start taking yourself too seriously. Uh, and, and, and the other dangers, if, if, you, if you run a big company, uh, especially at a young age, uh, you become more of a politician. You're not a business person. So, and I've been building my career for seven, eight, nine, ten years to go there. And all of a sudden I said, is this it? Am I going to become this political animal reporting to boards and keeping fingers crossed that my boss is going to tap me on the shoulder? I said, fuck this. I mean, I, I just want to have a 
clean start in my mind. So this is what, what triggered it. Um, you wanted to more in control by the sounds of it because you... I wanted to have better understanding. I had more questions than answers. And, and also I had a, a interesting questions about family life and, and the famous saying about work-life balance. Uh, so I just wanted to clear my, my mind. Uh, and actually what I discovered is something interesting. I, I discovered that to care, you have the first responsibilities to care for yourself. Uh, a lot of people say to care is you have to give. Mm-hmm. But there's one interesting thing that we forget. To give what? Before you give, you have some. You, you need to have something to give. Uh, uh, you can give knowledge, but you need to have knowledge. You can give wisdom, but you need to have wisdom. You can give money, but you need to have money. Like in this political system, I mean, we tend to forget. I mean, governments say we're going to give money to this and to this and to this. In our capitalist society, to give money to somebody, you have to take it from somebody. And governments have one main source of money. This is the, cap- the companies that make profits and give money to the government. So I realized that if you really care, if you want to give the first responsibilities for yourself, if you want to give time and energy to other people, you have to have time and energy to yourself. So you have to build this energy in the body. You have to build this knowledge in your mind. And then this gives you the chance to give more. I mean, imagine you're eight years old and you have two uh, grandkids and you want to give them these grandkids your energy and your wisdom. What if you're sick? What if you don't have the energy of the body? And if you if you're laying in bed uh, for 12 hours a day, uh, is this what you want to do? Or do you want to be this kick-ass eight years old dad or granddad? full of energy, full of, full of passion, full of knowledge, who can give this to your kids and to your grandkids. So this is what I learned. Your first responsibility is for yourself. And how do you take care of yourself, Krista? Because you must have got to that, obviously, realization that you're absolutely right. You need, you may want to give something, but you may not have it to give it. So, So how do you take care of yourself, what are the, the principles you've learned over the years and that uh, uh, really helped you? I have fallen in love with the word energy. Uh, most of us, we talk about managing time, uh, yep. but time is a finite resource. You can't manage time. You have 24 hours, I have 24 hours. Every single person in the world, Leonardo da Vinci had 24 hours. What is infinite is energy. And the beauty about energy is energy we can create and energy we can manage. And there are two types of energy. And the first one is the most simple one, the energy of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in Bhagavad Gita, the, the, the Indian Bible, they say, if there's no energy, there's nothing. Energy is our capacity to do stuff. So how, how do you take care of it? First, you have to take care of your body. Uh, if you don't take care of your body, you have nowhere to live. And as you see, the head and the body are created, uh, are linked. It's a system. So I think our first responsibility is to take care of the body and to generate pure physical energy. Um, and if you're successful to do this, then you need the second type of energy. You need to guide this physical energy in the direction you choose to. And this is the brain. This is the mental energy. 
so for me, the first two responsibilities is take care of the body and take care of the mind. And then it, this will give you the chance to do whatever you want. And I can promise you whatever you want to do. If you have more energy in the body, if you have more energy in the mind, you will be able to do it better. You will be able to enjoy it more. So for me, this is priority number one. Um, and I try to follow this in what I do. And I also try to create the environment in, in my company or in my companies. Uh, and it's a philosophy that we share with literally hundreds of companies across the world. Um, uh, we have a management consulting company. We have developed our own methodology and mm -hmm. we have applied it in companies from, in over 25 different countries. Huge part of it. It's not strategy. It's not organizational structure. It's not cash. It's not finance. It is how to take care of yourself as a human being. Um, and in, in our company, everybody has to go to the gym in office hours. Going to the gym is part of the job. Uh, one of our customers uh, was one of the biggest investment funds uh, in, in, in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. uh, and we went through our normal seven, eight months fast track program. Uh, and at the end, uh, I was talking to the CEO, uh, one of the most successful entrepreneurs in Sri Lanka. Uh, I said, Ajit, what is your biggest takeaway from, from the work with us? And what this guy said, it was just like music to my ears. He said, Christo, the biggest benefit is my whole team now is going to the gym every day. And I said, yes. Uh, we went to India. We worked with the, one of the biggest Indian companies. Same story. Uh, uh, so this is what we're very passionate about. Uh, taking care of ourselves. And it's part of our philosophy as a company. It's part of the management methodology. And it is part of what we teach companies literally across the world. It is fascinating, Christo. And uh, I know sometimes people might find it, wow, if, if I can't go to the gym, it's, it's not a fit. It's part of the job. So that's part of the responsibility. Tell me more about the other, uh, the other things you do as a company, because that's quite unique, in fact. I haven't... It's my responsibility. I'm responsible for these guys. And I have young people in the company. And it is my responsibility to develop the right habits for these guys in the future. Mm -hmm. If you have the right habits, time works for yourself. If you have the wrong habits, time works against you. So if we create this environment that stimulates this type of behavior, I've done my job. And uh, you, can't, you can't fail because these people will carry this with themselves. Um, so it, 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 it's, it's very important. The other thing that we are obsessed with is, is, is reading, uh, reading books. Um, I think this is investment in time that has the biggest return. Uh, just think about, I mean, 80% of families in the U.S. did not read a single book last year. Can you imagine this? And let me just think about what the book is. One guy spent five, six years of his or her life, squeezes every wisdom, every experience, edits the book, gives it to people to edit, and puts it together. And you can read this book for four or five hours. So for four or five hours of your time, you can tap into the life journey, the life wisdom of a person. How amazing this is. And I'm 
I'm surprised when people don't read. And I find it sad. I mean, you could you can have dinner with friends and somebody will brag how many vodkas he had last night or that they stayed in, in the nightclub until four o'clock. Nobody brags how many books they read, read last week. So reading is a huge part of it. Meditation. Uh, we start every day with a daily meeting. We have one minute meditation. We just want to clear our, our minds. Uh, and all these give actual business results. So it's not wishy-washy, fluffy, spiritual stuff. Uh, and, and it is my responsibility to create the environment for these things to, to, to flourish. No, this is really um, just reflecting what you said and uh, how important this is to continuously improve, to acquire knowledge and through reading. And uh, there's even now a, a, an app that uh, you can listen to it, of course, for a long time. There's even a, a shorter version which tells you even the highlights of the book as well, which is even further, further reduced as well. But these lessons, uh, do you think, well, you could read a book, right? You could get a, um, that wisdom or, or understand that wisdom, but then do you find it that might be still not results coming because the, the people might not take action? So, so, so really, uh, you, you could know all this, but you could be full of encyclopedia and facts, but how do you... 100%. Uh, but one thing will change, Marianne your perception of the world will change. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you go to the gym once, nothing will happen. If you go to the gym twice, nothing will happen. If you go to the gym three times, nothing will happen. But somewhere along the journey, magic. All of a sudden, you start feeling your body in a different way. All of a sudden, you start feeling your mind in a different way. So consistency and momentum is critical. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I agree with you, you have to find the right balance between knowledge and action. <clears throat> because reading, you will learn what other people know. But doing, you will learn things that only you can know. So reading and, and, and from other people is not a substitute uh, uh, to wisdom. And actually, I think the best real life is the best classroom. But what yeah. about what about action? What about real life? You need to stop and think. You need to stop and say, okay, let me see what Marianne did yesterday. What did life teach Marianne yesterday? Or what did life teach last week? And then life is an amazing teacher. And life is never wrong. Every advice that life gives to you is, is, is correct, but you have to act. Life is not able to comment on your thoughts. Life is not able to comment on your ideas. Life only gives you feedback once you start acting. So this bridge from knowledge to action, this jump is absolutely critical. And, and how do you develop that or nurture it? What, uh, what, because I, I know people that they understand it, they know it, but they don't have the strength or will or ability i don't know how to call it exactly but they don't do it it's falling in love with what could happen because 
whenever you do an action, you have expectations mm -hmm. that they, they're going to give you some results. And if you fall in love with the results, this love, and if this love is very strong, it will overpower the fear that you might fail. So th th that's why you say, don't try to find something to do something you love. No, fall in love with what you do. Uh, that's interesting. And, so don't, I like that uh, that quotation, what you just said. Don't try to find something that you love. Fall in love with what you do. That's yeah. just trying to uh, analyze this because uh, a lot of purpose-seeking expert uh, people are looking for a purpose, for meaning in life, right? And maybe that's that what you just said here, it, it provides an answer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obstacles and difficulties are subjective. The size of a difficulty is a subjective creation, and it is a function of the goal you have. If you have a big goal, obstacles shrink. They become just part of the journey. If your goals are small, obstacles all of a sudden become big. So if you fall in love, uh, let, let's take physical capabilities. If you fall in love with the idea that, listen, when I'm 90 years old, I'm going to be the most kick-ass 90 years old granddad you can imagine. And I'll be an example for my kids. I'll be an example for my grandkids. All of a sudden, going to the gym, which for some people is an obstacle, is part of the game because you start living with this identity. Uh, and and it, it's a tension between what you are today and what you want to become. And this tension gives you energy. And I really think having clarity about the end game is one big source of energy. Can you fail? Of course. But then, what is a failure? I mean, you can climb a mountain and fail. You can start climbing another mountain and fail again. You can start climbing a third mountain and fail again, but you don't fail as a climber because you continue to climb. And in this journey, you change your identity, you change your personality. Now, and I'll challenge you, which is the bigger victory, to climb the mountain or to develop a strong personality of a climber. I, uh, yeah, that's really, Really interesting what you just said here, because you don't fail as a climber. You may have failed to climb the, the mountain, but you don't fail of your growth and development because that makes you... Uh, and also, if you don't attempt to climb higher mountains or different mountains, you never know what to expect. This is, and this is the failure. This is the failure. And when you talk about failures, it is failing to try. It's failing to attempt. Not attempting and failing. I think there is no bigger failure than failing to attempt. Because this small voice in your head, now if it was difficult, somebody else would do it. Why do you think it's you? Now, this is the killer. And this is the biggest source of failure. And, and, and that's why we, I really believe one of the critical capabilities of entrepreneurship is self-confidence. But, but it's difficult. because Being self-confident is easy. When you buy yourself a Ferrari, all of a sudden your self-confidence goes through the roof. The, the, the challenge is how to balance self-confidence with humility. 
Okay, how tell me more about that. That's interesting because uh, how, how does when you become very successful, very accomplished, and lots of people report on to you, and um, yeah, sometimes people lose it because they become arrogant. And I've seen the killer is, is, is the ability to listen. The killer is the ability to challenge yourself, and 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 to believe that everything you touch will become gold. I really believe success is a lousy teacher. So you, I, I, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be paranoid about the mistakes I do, and I really try to decompose every mistake. And I do a ton of it. I mean, uh, uh, sometimes I'm scared by how many mistakes I do. Uh, but I absolutely love it because I spent at least half an hour a day trying to analyze this. And so why, why, what did I do wrong? What actually happened here? Is it me? Can I change it? Uh, how to change it? Uh, so all this process of self-analysis, I think is extremely powerful. And you don't have, you don't need the apps, you don't need the high tech. I mean, the human brain has not been, been upgraded for the last 2000 years. You, you read Bhagavad Gita, you read the Bible, you read the Quran, you read Stoicism. Things have not changed. If you want to understand human personality, you don't need ChatGPT. You need a quiet time with a clean sheet of paper and just try to observe yourself. And day by day by day, you get more clarity. Someone said, uh, spend time to get to know how your body works, how your mind works. That will serve you well late in life because you you will know um, what are the things that gives you joy, what are the things that um, you struggle with, what are the things you want to challenge, and and that comes with of course self discovery, which is so logical, but it's not done that often, you know, as a, as a process as a system because it's not taught at school and. Uh, often children are not a good listeners they're good copiers so if the parents don't give this example then we produce a pattern that continues on and on and on and people perception of themselves is very different to to what they are really are for in, in other people's eyes yeah and i think this is the social patterns that we have created because it was okay to go every other night with a group of friends and, and, and drink nice wine and, and have a party and say, okay, I'm enjoying life. But if instead of that, you stay home and you read, they would, life would perceive you as weird. So all of a sudden, enjoying life has become not reading, not thinking, not going to the gym, not trying to understand how the world works. Enjoying life means having Uzo on a beach for seven days in a row. And actually, there's even social pressure that if you don't do it, life perceives you as weird. Well, I call it special, which is not a bad thing to be special. <laughs> we all special in our own way. So, uh, but you, you absolutely spot on here. Uh, what is your advice exactly, really, to especially some of our audience on one end is uh, senior executives and leaders like yourself, but also we have. Uh, younger, up-and-coming, Gen Z, really, uh, uh, people that are listening to this, and uh, uh, they are very much under pressure for, from social peer groups, from Facebook, from all these social medias. Some of them are lacking, not able to make even good connection with somebody because of the technology overuse and so forth. And um, you mentioned quite a few useful advices, but 
if you are uh, 19 years old today, what would you advise? I don't know, Marian. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little bit confused. I think the gaps in generations have never been bigger. Um, I think we live the most comfortable life that any generation on the planet has ever had. Uh, yeah. And we complain more than any other generations has ever complained. Uh, if I have to give an advice to young people, it will be, it's not what happens to you. Uh, it, it, it's what you make out of it. Uh, yep. I, would, I would ban three words. The first one is challenge or difficulty. The second one is stress. The third one is a burnout. There is no stress. There is no burnout. It's a man-made phenomenon. And, and, and hopefully these kids will understand that not feeling well for a day is okay. So don't get bitter. Get better. Not feeling well for a week, it's okay. Actually, it's beautiful. It's life. Uh, and I would, I would ask them to go and, 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 and fight. And I would ask the boys to go and pick up girls and tell them how sexy they are and invite them for dinners and accept rejections and feel comfortable with rejections. Uh, I would invite them to forget about remote work, to go to the office and, and have coffee with the people in the office and have amazing time with their teams and feel the energy. Uh, I would advise them to forget about the metaverse uh, go to Vitusha Mountain and feel the energy of, of, of the mountain river. Uh, you will never be able to feel this energy in the metaverse. Uh, so, so go back to what made us as people, and this is nature, and this is our ability to talk to each other, our ability to handle problems. Uh, so this would be my, 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 my lesson to don't, don't abandon what nature created. No, nature great. is never wrong. Nature is never wrong, and, and we, we need to treat our bodies with the same respect that we should treat nature. Uh, and also, we should remember that our mind is not always the best ruler of our activities. Let me give an example. Your body has 70, 75 different organs. You have the kidneys, the liver, the heart, uh, and they make who you are. And also, you have your mind. Uh, you go to the restaurant and you have to decide, are you going to drink vodka or not? What about if you ask your liver? What would your liver say? What about if you ask your kidneys? What your kidneys say? What about if you ask your heart? What would heart you say? So your brain overpowers with its stupidity and the willingness to indulge in short-term pleasure. Everything that your body is crying for and, and, and my, 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 it's, it's very, very simple. Uh, forget about instant gratification. And if you have a choice to do one of two things, if you choose the one that is going to give you gratification later, this is the right one. It is all about delayed gratification. And what is the problem today? Whatever I want, I need to get it immediately. Mm -hmm. If I don't get it immediately, it's a problem. It's a problem. This short-term thinking is so dangerous because when you look back, and I'm, I'm old enough to say this, you remember the fights, you remember the difficulties, and you treat these things with respect and with dignity and with pride and also with happiness. You know, you, you've had, this is really a, a 
thank you for sharing those those views and insights that um, I'm sure obviously um, young people can make the best of them and and decide for themselves but how when you look at all your organizations all of your companies that you set up around the world how do you consistently attract that's a, a topic very dear to my heart how do you consistently attract and retain talented people or exceptionally gifted talent to join you we're not successful in this uh the environment we have created is, is, is very extreme uh and it is an environment that is only suitable for people who want to squeeze the maximum out of themselves uh, and uh, let, to give an example, our, uh, we have a small set of values. Uh, our top value, uh, we call it die empty. Uh, die empty means that every day we want to squeeze the maximum that your brain and your body can do. So when you go to bed in the evening, you should have zero fuel in the tank. Uh, and then we call it a good day. Uh, and this is how we work. Uh, and it is not an environment that fits many people. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't have a recipe. Uh, um, yeah, that, think... that contradicts with if you said, uh, you know, take care of yourself. And if you what, can, you give something something you don't have. And when you get, how are you going to get to year ninety years old if you do that consistently? This is what makes you stronger. Only when you go that far, you know how far you can go. But there's one simple principle: uh, you only grow as a human being if you experience difficulties. That's fair. Uh, if you don't, it, you could have a very, 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 very enjoyable time, but you don't grow. You don't grow physically, you don't grow mentally, you don't grow intellectually, you don't grow spiritually. Uh, so we try to fall in love with challenges because we, mm -hmm. we believe that this helps us to grow as human beings. Uh, and going back to your question, it's a difficult sell, especially to young people. Uh, we all want to have what Instagram shows to us, but we don't ask ourselves, what is the price I'm willing to pay? And I've, we've had extremely talented guys. Uh, we had a one lady, a designer, 22 years old girl, maybe one of the most talented designers I've ever seen. Month number three, she said, I'm tired. We had another guy, a UX guy, young guy, 31, 32 years old, world class. I mean, this guy can work for almost any company. One day I received an email. I'm tired. I'm getting off the grid for a month. So see you in one month. What are you going to do when you have two kids in a mortgage? And when you have two kids and you get tired, what are you going to do? I, are you going to abandon them? I relate a lot to what you're saying in many ways, but there's maybe something I, I, I could share as well from my experience. And I believe very much that you should bear your yoke in your youth, meaning you should face the hardest challenges and battles in your youth because that's in, by nature you've got the most, first of all, you learn most, you've got the strength, the, the technically you've got the physicality and the, the nature really to to deal with that. Um, when he gets older, it's not going to get easier, as you said. And on the contrary, it may get much more difficult, which is can become do or die type of thing if it's if it hits you. Um, 
so and i relate to the fact don't wish it was easier wish it was stronger so i but what i also learned i'll give you an example is that sometimes you could give someone too much too early i want to give you an example you go to the gym right you want to uh, lift 200 kilos from the weight bench you can't do that you've got to build the muscles to be able to get to that stage and I think uh, what I've experienced in, in my uh, uh, journey that I, I very much agree that we, we could do things, but I also believe that we could face a lot of challenges. We could work longer. We could make this and still mentally enjoy and love what we do and, and, and not feel tired. Because someone said to me, okay, it's not about us how, how, how hard you, you work, but also is how well do you rest? 100%. Fully agree. Fully agree. And uh, uh, one of the things that I start seeing and believing is not a marathon. Uh, it's not working long hours. It's not working over the weekends. It's a series of sprints. Yeah. Uh, and efficiency is this combination between squeezing yourself to the maximum and then relax. Squeeze, relax. Uh, so we, we are not for long working hours. We're, we're not for this exhaustion. I absolutely agree with you. And we have a saying here in the company, uh, rest is part of the work. Uh, sleep is part of work. Going to the gym is part of work. Meditation is part of work. The ability to have on a Tuesday afternoon a walk in the park is part of the work. So keeping this mental hygiene is, I think it's absolutely critical. Almost it doesn't matter what you do. You can be a musician or an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. But you need to constantly have this priority to keep the mental and the body hygiene on top of your priority list. Because this is the machine we have. So the better machine we develop over time, we can do whatever we want. And uh, maybe maybe one thing that I would challenge you, um, you know, that you can do more when, when, when you're 20 or 30, maybe. Uh, uh, but I'm 60. Uh, and I would challenge any 30 years old uh, in terms of physical or, or, or mental capacity. Uh, and when you're 60, you have one thing that 30 years don't have. Uh, it's real life experience. Yeah, uh, it's true. And real life experience helps you to connect the unconnected. Uh, and again, the only danger is that you start believing yourself too much and you stop asking questions uh, and you stop exploring stuff. But age is beautiful if you handle it well, I think. I agree. And uh, I think that that phase of, um, yeah, if you look at life as seasons from 25 to from one well from zero to 25 25 to 50 50 to 75 75 to 100 and so forth but if you look at that if we take that in four seasons um there is every season has its own beauty you know and uh, the, the the season of really uh, learning and failing you know it's of course you could continue that but typically you, you you do that as much as possible in that. Then from 25 to 50, you go enter the season of execution. You start to do some of your biggest strides. You know, they the you know that's raising a children, having a family, and 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 uh, making a career, making a move, making a an impact rather than career. Maybe just rather than a job, it's a mission, attempting you know really to 
make those big big thrives and when you look yeah. at the the season of what you're talking about like 50 to 75 years is one of the most beautiful one because you've got the wisdom the health ideally not everyone but if you have the, the wisdom the health the wealth um you start to prepare the next generation and pass on and really starts to and ideally the the final season you it's the joy and honor you 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 enjoy the fruits of all of the work and 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 the honor that you you, you and you do the things you want to do you know really you get involved where you want to get involved and, and do the things but I feel that um, there is cer there's certain things for certain seasons. They're not you yeah. don't learn to walk when you're 65, right? You know, or or you you've got to do that when you when you're early on in life. So yeah. if you miss out certain things in certain season, you just need to catch up. How do you catch up? Extra lessons. You just instead of taking one lesson a week, you you do, uh, yeah. Um, seven lessons a day every day <laughs> so yeah. until you until you because you gotta you gotta learn otherwise you 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 might not make it uh on, on that. buddha has a nice saying i mean he says when you go through life you go from doing to being and um uh just for some of the final remarks and and uh, uh of this uh, interview here is what do you wish um for the future personally uh if you look at you said you're 60 and you don't definitely seen so much done so much what sets your heart on fire these days not much different from what it did 30 40 years ago uh it is knowledge it's ideas um, uh, it is trying to make things happen uh, i'm just maybe falling more in love with failures uh, because i see the wisdom of, uh, of it uh, maybe falling more in love with the exploration of myself uh, and trying to chip away the stuff that maybe don't belong to me uh, but it's the same stuff i mean i'm as a seeker and as i would even say uh, not not hungry uh, eager to do what like i was 30 years old so it's, it's the same the same stuff uh, I love working with young people. Uh, I like putting pressure on people and see how they how they grow. Uh, some of them break, some of them continue to grow. Um, I absolutely love to see uh, how my children develop. Uh, so maybe that's something new. They give me a lot of uh, energy, a lot of ideas. Uh, but I don't think my 60 years old self is very different to my 30 years old self. I'm a little bit worried about what I see in the world. Uh, I'm not worried about by Putin or by by the Americans. I'm worried by the global blindness uh, that is created by the propaganda. Uh, I'm I'm worried by what capitalism is doing to us. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm a capitalist myself. I mean, I have benefited more from capitalism than most people. Uh, but I see very, very, very much the cynical part of it, the propaganda, the lies. Um, and it reminds me big time about communist time. So this is something that I don't like. What do you uh, want to see rather than just what you don't like? Well, imagine that you have the ability, the power, you're in a position to make those world changes, global changes with no limits. What kind of a world do you want to live in? 
I wish people could spend more time reflecting on themselves and understanding themselves. Um, I wish somehow we abandon uh, these fake identities. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Bulgarian, I'm Russian, I'm American, I'm Democrat, I'm Republican, uh, mm -hmm. I'm against Brexit, I'm for Brexit. These are artificial stories, artificial divisions uh, that we have created. Uh, mm -hmm. I wish uh, that companies don't have the moral stance and believe that they can tell other companies what to do, other countries uh, what to do, and other countries how to behave. Uh, and I think it all starts with awareness of yourself. Um, I mean, I, I, I fail to understand why if I have nuclear weapons, I can talk, come to you and Marianne and say, Marianne, you cannot have nuclear weapons. I mean, the very idea that we are splitting the world into first world and second world and third world, I mean, it's, it's saying how blind we have become, that actually we are all the same. And the fact that some people have more money than the others, does you, not want mean... find, you want to unite the world, and you, what you're saying is find more what connects us rather than what divides us. This, I mean, what, what connects us is we all have the same desires, Mary. I want to have healthy kids. I want to mind my own business. I want to grow. I want to sell, uh, create amazing products. I want to sell amazing products. I don't want to worry if I sell to China, Ukraine, or, 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 or America. I want to create stuff that has value. Yeah. And entrepreneurs are problem solvers. Don't ask us to become politicians. Mm. Don't ask me to pick up my markets depending on the political system of the country. I want to create value. I want to employ people. I want to help them to grow as professionals. I want to solve problems. And this is not what I see today. I see economic sanctions. I mean, how, how can one country sanction another one? I mean, what gives you the right to do that? Uh, uh, and, and this is, this is what, what's worrying me. It's against my beliefs as an entrepreneur. I believe entrepreneurs are a force for good. I, uh, and the world is not going in this direction, in my view. Well, that's why uh, one of the reasons for the Leaders Who Care is to create that uh, really platform. We can share those views, we can share those insights. And thank you so much for taking the time today uh, for sharing these insights. Um, it's been really a pleasure to have you today. And especially on this national holiday to take your own time with your own family. Thank you so much. Blessings goes to you and your family. And uh, thank you, Brian. Take care. It was was really a pleasure having you. Good. Good luck to you. Thank you.